is Digital Marketer. Hello and welcome. This is the Digital Marketer Podcast, where we help you outmarket the competition by bringing you tactical and timely marketing tips every single week. I'm your host, Jenna Snavely. Today, we are talking with Tatiana Figueredo, a community strategist and the brain behind the Business of Community newsletter. Her entire focus is helping course creators and membership community leaders build thoughtful and financially stable community businesses. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode because Tatiana is so super smart and I love how heart-centered this entire conversation was. We really dig into how you can create a sense of belonging in your community business. I'm going to give you one hint. It's not at all about content. All right, we're going to get into the interview right after this quick break. Stick around. Hey, DM listeners, did you know that you can generate leads from Instagram without using any landing pages or websites? If you're not sure what I'm talking about, Instagram actually allows businesses and influencers to set up automations to automatically capture leads through the Instagram inbox. So this means that you can generate leads for your business all using 100% automated Instagram messages. And the good news is our friends at Bot Builders can show you exactly how to do it. They're an industry leader, and these guys have landed some of the biggest clients in the world. So if you want to learn how to use Instagram automation to generate leads, go check out their free training at botwebinar.com. They'll show you exactly how it works. You'll see a live demo and also how you can start using their pre-built templates to start going after big clients yourself. Once again, that's botwebinar.com. Hello, Tatiana. Welcome to the Digital Marketer Podcast. Hi, Jenna. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you. I I found you, luckily my pal Kyle knew you, but uh, found you through just some incredible articles you've been writing and the content you're putting out on community and, and how to help people make friends. And I've just been so intrigued by everything you're putting out in your newsletter. So I'm so excited to sit down today, talk to you. I know a lot of our listeners have a lot of questions about community and there's a there's a lot of you know back and forth on what community actually means so I'm glad we have an expert to come in and lay down some lay down some lessons cool I'm excited well in fact I actually I met Kyle in a community so it's all it all always comes full circle it is (laughs) (laughs) it's so full circle well yeah I'd love to just start with giving us kind of your background like how Professionally, how did you get to this point in being a community like thought leader? Oh, I've never been called a community thought leader. But, <laughs> uh, I'll take it. So I'll, I'll start from the beginning. I started my career in international sales. I sold TV shows to broadcasters uh, internationally. So from the U.S. and Canada to all over the world, uh, Asia, Africa, Eastern Europe, and Latin America. Or my territory. So that was my uh, first job. Uh, the world, basically. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> building out sales territories and figuring out like marketing and sales strategies for, for selling TV shows. A job that I was like very underqualified for, but that I, I ended up figuring out by approaching it in kind of like a community way, I'd say. So after that job, I really wanted to get into tech. 
So I started working at this startup that was a really early stage startup called Imperative. So I was the first hire and so I basically did all the jobs in a startup. I started in sales, like that was my experience. Then I helped build out the team. I did operation stuff, marketing stuff. I did a lot of the everything that needed to, to be done within the startup. So really like getting ready to like get a product ready to launch. And at that job, I ended up as a, a head of product. So then at that point, I was managing the entire tech team in building out a product. And the product we were building was around connection. So what the company ended up being is it's an online peer coach network. So within a company, especially big companies, we would connect two people in, the, in this big company to each other and have them coach each other. So I was, I was already thinking about community back then in this like programmatic way and what it means to kind of scale that in many different ways. At the time, I was also on the side, I was leading a community for, for women in tech in New York called Tech Fest Club. So I was learning about it both as a community builder, but also as someone who had to help other people with building community in different ways and bring about connection within big companies. And then once I, I left Imperative, I knew that it's funny, like community was always something that I was like, I love doing that. And I would love to do that as work, but like, I can't do that as work, right? Like that's too yeah. much fun. <laughs> so I did a bunch of other stuff once I started working for myself. And then in the last few years, I've just completely focused my work on people who are building community businesses. So communities that are also businesses. My work is really to support founders in helping other people connect to each other. Yeah, that's amazing. And I'm glad that you're able to do what you love like full time. And it's such an important like it's such an important development in kind of the the way the economy has evolved and the way that businesses have evolved. Like it could not be more important or more key to a business. I'd love to know just, you know, in your mind, what is kind of the foundation of a community? Like, how would you define it? And what do you need in order for it to be a true community? Yeah, I, so I think this is a really important question. And I think anytime you hear someone talking about community, you should ask them what their definition of community is. And I think everyone should also think about what the definition of community is for themselves. So how do you think about that? What, how do you define that for yourself? And I think everyone has their personal definition of it. The one that I use that I think that I've tried and this has worked for a lot of the people I work with is community is a group of people who come together to nurture their own and one another's growth. So the idea of coming together to grow, either grow yourself, personal growth, or to grow as a group, or to accomplish something in the world. I think that that is a, a key part, a healthy community. You're not just coming together because you have something in common. You're coming together to go somewhere together. That makes sense. And there, there's so much there like that makes me think of what you were kind of building, that the peer-to-peer the -peer coaching platform you were building and kind of that, that difference between like mentorship, you know, it's kind of someone with a little more power and status kind of helping someone else grow. And, and this idea of two people at the same level, you know, your peers, and you're growing while you're helping someone else grow. And, and there's so much like power in that. 
I totally agree. And I, I also think that we're, we're more accepting of support and advice from people who are at the same level that we are. And you're also like never at the exact same level as someone. You always know a little bit more about one thing and that person can help you with something that they know more about. So yeah, bringing those like puzzle pieces together, I think is such interesting and important work to do. Yeah, that's a great way to put it, puzzle pieces. I know that you you had to figure a lot of this out yourself kind of growing up and that you're originally from Brazil, actually. Could you tell me a little bit about how the way you grew up and the way you found belonging kind of seeped into your sense of community. Yeah. So a lot of my conversations with community founders are around where their sense of belonging and where connection comes from with them. Mm. Because I think whether or not you're aware of it, that kind of stuff comes out in your community. So being aware of it and healing those parts, I think is really important if you're going to do something that's really personal, which is bringing people together and helping them connect to each other and, and be vulnerable. So so for me, I, I moved from Brazil with my family when I was 10 to the U.S. And for me, that was like my big belonging moment in, in my life or lack of belonging moment, I'd say, I should say, like being dropped in a new country and not knowing the language, like both literally and like how things worked, not knowing how I was supposed to dress and how I was supposed to talk and what I was supposed to say. I remember when I, when I first moved, I had a teacher who was very kind and he, he taught me how kickball worked because I had never played kickball oh, <laughs> and wow. I, I didn't yeah. know. Of course. Um, he didn't want me to be left out. So it was around that time that I wouldn't put it in these words back then, but I really kind of knew that belonging was important to me. Again, I wouldn't describe it in this way back then, but it was something that I always looked for. And I started to observe people in a different way because I was an outsider and I was trying to like infiltrate this inner circle. And that, that experience really informed a lot of who I am. I mean, obviously moving to a different country informs oh, yeah. who, who you eventually become. And I think that big experience of like not belonging, I think, informed that for me. But I also think that's not unique to me and it's not unique to people who migrate to other countries. I think that that can also happen in smaller ways and be just as impactful. So if you move schools or if your parents got divorced or if something was off in your family, all those experiences kind of shape and the kind of person that you can be as a, as a community builder way down the line. So I think all those experiences are important to reflect on. Yeah, this is why I love conversations with community builders and, and thought leaders and experts is, you know, there's just so much... It's, it's all just about humanity and it can kind of feel like, I don't know, it's like a warm hug every time, you know, you talk about it. But I think what's really interesting in, in thinking about business and business communities in particular is that when you're offering someone transformation, it's kind of like this, you know, for them, it's like an acceptance of a flaw or some kind of failure or something that they are trying to transform and something that they that pains them and that hurts them. And so when you're able to connect them with other people experiencing those same things, it's like, it's so powerful. 
And I mean, that's like what the core of it is. I'd love to know, how do you bring that sense of belonging that you had kind of found or kind of felt the lack of, and then eventually slowly found over time? How do you bring that into businesses? Yeah, that's a big question. So I should say, I also have a definition of what community business is to me, which is what I help people with. And it's an organization that makes money from facilitating connections that lead to growth, both for Mm. individuals and for groups. So I think if you're building a community business, that means that community is something that's at the core of what you're offering to people. It's not a nice to have. It's something that people are willing to pay for, and it's something that they're coming to you to for help with in addition to whatever else they're coming to you for help with maybe it's your content or your online course or, or your events but i think it sounds obvious what i'm saying but a lot of people will put a community together almost as like a shortcut for the business that they're building they'll be like oh those people will help each other and that makes my life easier but actually what you're offering part of what you're offering them is those connections so just as you're being thoughtful about the content that you're putting together, about the events that you're putting on, being thoughtful about what the connections and what the community looks like, I think is really important. So what I, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, you can't just throw two people in a room and be like, all right, grow. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's your job to design that experience and to make it a place where those things are more likely to happen. And that's a real job. That doesn't just happen. Humans don't just come together and know how to make new friends. So I think it's important to know that that's your job. But what I do in my work is basically, it's funny, like we've been talking about all this like very like squishy, like (laughs) like feelings. (laughs) But my work is actually very tactical. It's very much about... How do you build a profitable business? And basically, how do you translate every part of business? So your business model, sales and marketing, what tools you're going to use, but all of that within a community. What does that look like to do all those things in a community way? So that's what I, that's what I help people with. And that's what I think a lot about and write a lot about. Yeah, there is so much strategy involved. And, you know, just me being kind of like someone, you know, we we have a community at Digital Marketer, our, our product is obviously content and not the community, but is a huge part of it. And, And just knowing how much thought has to go into trying to create connections, trying to facilitate conversation, trying to help each other grow and, and build that community. It, it does require a lot of thought. And, and a lot of strategy because I find it interesting hearing about the other side where it's, you know, the business is the community and, and knowing like all of the different departments have to help facilitate that or have to have something to do with it. I'd love to know just in in your experience, you know, you, you kind of brought it up before the help helping each other make friends, helping adults make friends. And we kind of talked about, you know, growing up as kids, it's it's a little more simple, like someone's playing with a toy, you either fight them or you play with them. <laughs> but what does it look like for, for adults who maybe have lost that, that knowledge, that innate knowledge? How, how, would, how would you help adults who are grown, you know, grown ups, they got busy lives. <laughs> how do you help them make friends? 
Yeah. The first thing I'll say is that a lot of people who have a community or are building a community don't think that it's the case that people are joining their community to make friends Mm -hmm. because they're thinking like, this is a professional community. Like this is not social. This is not Instagram. Like we're not, people aren't joining this to, to make friends. They're joining to advance their careers. They're joining to accomplish whatever goals they have. And that's definitely what people will tell you. But in my experience, behind all of that, when you peel all those layers, people just want to hang out with people who are like weird in the same way that they're weird and like have fun with people who, I don't know, think like them and who are interested in the same thing that they are. So even if it's a professional community, I want to be with more professionals and I I want to be friends with more of those people. So a lot of people when they're joining community, and even when they hear that word community, I think they're thinking of something squishy and friend and like, this sounds like something fun. This sounds like a fun thing. So I think it's important to kind of know that as a, as a builder. Jenna, I wonder if I could ask you something in this topic of like <laughs> adults making friends. <laughs> like if you think of, of like an old friend that you have, like any old friend doesn't have to be someone you met online or like, I wonder if you can tell me about a friendship that you developed or like someone that you met and how you became friends. Oh, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll talk about my best friend, Katie. So we met in high school and we were around the same group of friends and we connected when, so I think she joined, I joined the French club, but I was also in the Spanish club. And so she joined the Spanish club and then we were in both clubs and yeah, just started. I think we had our first, like just me and her solo hangout. We went thrift shopping and then we ended up living in the same dorm together, like the same dorm hall in college. And that's when we became like best, best friends. And then like we just were roommates throughout college. And yeah, so that's Jenna and Katie. I love that. I love <laughs> hearing people's friendship stories. Like even if this was leading nowhere, I would have loved to hear that. <laughs> but what you what you shared is actually a perfect segue to my point, which is In order to actually make a friend, you have to see someone a bunch of different times and you, it's usually more comfortable for you to be in community with that person before you go thrift shopping with them or before you have their number in your phone or before you take any of these actions where you're, you know, calling them your friend. There are all these other steps that we don't usually have a plan for they just kind of happen in that way but now that everything is on the internet and we're doing these things online and like community founders becoming a thing our job is to create the opportunity for for that to happen so in order to help your members become friends I would take into account all those different pieces of what happened with that friendship, which is like a beautiful example because you started out in the same school. So you were in the same quote unquote community, but it wasn't until you joined not one, but two clubs that you were in together where you were in a small group together and you saw each other more often and it was more comfortable for you to interact with them. And then you went to college together and then you went thrift shopping or wherever the thrift shopping happened. So you saw her many times before you could call her a friend. And what does that look like if you made that a program within your community? 
Like what is the path Hmm. that from someone joining your community to someone making friends with someone in your community? Are they joining like a smaller subgroup within your community first? Do you have a program where you randomly match two people so they can chat and see if they're, if they have chemistry and they want to take their friendship somewhere? So I think, first of all, like saying that that's a goal that you have for people, I will, we want you to be here in order to make a friend, I think is really powerful. And then being clear about what the paths are for that happening. So within a community, it's like, what's the next step? If I meet someone one-on-one, they're not yet my friend. I still have to see them a few more times. What does that look like to go from this person I DM'd in the community to someone I'm friends with? Making that really clear for, for your members. Wow. I'm also remembering, just because I think it will help flesh out the example. And also, (laughs) I love my best friend, but we did end up having a class together our senior year. So after we joined the clubs, we had a class and we sat next to each other and passed notes a lot. So it it really is interesting hearing like the seeing that progression in in real time in my memory and understanding that it's not just like coincidence. It's it is like a measure of proximity and like continued opportunities to like get to know one another. I'd love to know just to go on a, a bit of a tangent. So a question I actually have is just in regards to like our own community, sometimes, and I'm wondering if some of our listeners are going to think the same thing. It's kind of scary to state in like your marketing or to promise that someone can make a friend in your marketing because you just don't know how to guarantee that. So how, how can you like, what one is it, do you think it's really like something that people buy for? And two, is there a way to like, make sure you're not promising something that, you know, it's scary to promise that. I love this question because I think what you're getting at is that how do you market community and how do you, how do you talk about the value? And I think it's different in a few key ways. And one of the ways is that you're not just trying to prove that there's value here. You are inviting people to be a part of the value that you're offering. So hmm. when you're mar- like there, because if you think about it, like the the community that you're selling to people, they're not just going to give them friends. They're also going to be the friends that are going to be given. So <laughs> so it's there is a period that they have to make a decision and make an investment in joining the community. So I think when you're marketing community specifically, there is a little bit more friction. And I think there should be a little bit more friction because you want to make sure that you have the right people, first of all. And then the experience of also going through a process of like knowing that like you may not be right for this community also adds to people feeling invested in the community that they eventually join. So I think it's really important to not promise that like, if you join this community, we will guarantee you seven friends and say that like, this is what we're like, in addition to all the programs and everything that you're doing and all the, the, like you're, you're making a space where people can make new friends, but you're also asking them to commit to doing certain things in order to join your community. And one of the things that they're doing is maybe paying to join your community, but they're also paying in other ways. They're paying by showing up and they're, they're paying by promising to uphold the values. So that process of introducing a little bit more friction than you usually would if you were just marketing a product that people are going to consume on their own, I think is important for, for communities. That makes a lot of sense. It's actually, it's kind of making me think of 
of just dating and the the concept of like, you know, making making your standards, you know, a little higher. So, you know, like we can have a great time and yeah, like excited about going to dinner with you, but also like I expect to be treated in this way. Like I expect for you to commit time and energy into me and into this. And I, I think that's like kind of a just a perfect example of how community and relationships and friendships and, you know, you if you are trying to transform your customer, if you are trying to like give them something that is truly special, transformational, helpful, then you want to make sure that they're going to use it and that they're going to do all the right things in order to receive it. Yeah. I, I love that dating example because I think that's exactly right. Like when you're when you're dating, your goal is not just to get as many people as possible to like you. You're looking for chemistry, you're looking for the connection. It's not just about acquiring more more people. It's about acquiring the right person or people. I don't judge. (laughs) Just be yourself. (laughs) Okay. This has been an awesome conversation. Oh, um, Tatiana, this has been an amazing conversation. We still have the lightning round after this. But before we do that, I'd just love to know, final question, if you could go back in time and tell your your young self, maybe 10-year-old Tatiana, who is just about to move, um, if you could tell her anything at all, what would you tell her and why? Hmm. I would say you are a nerdy little weirdo and that is going to be your superpower and lean into that as much as you can, as often as you can. I love it. As one other nerdy little weirdo, <laughs> I'm happy to, I'm happy to hear that. Okay. This conversation has been so amazing. We're almost done. We've got one more segment. It's called the lightning round. So Tatiana, I'm going to ask you a series of questions and I want you to try to answer each one in 15 seconds or less. Does that sound good? Yeah. Okay, great. We're going to get into it right after this quick break and a message from our sponsors. Hey, Ryan Dice here. You know, it's been a while since I've run the day-to-day for Digital Marketer, the company that Roland and I are partners in. Fortunately, we have a great team and great partners who help us with all that nitty-gritty stuff now. But the one thing that we focused on while I was there and the one thing the team still focuses on to this day is optimizing everything. I'm talking testing everything from the sales copy to the color of the checkout button. Testing like this can have a huge impact on your bottom line, but the truth is it takes a lot of time and a lot of resources. And half the time, we were just throwing stuff against the wall just to kind of see what stuck. But the good news is you don't have to figure everything out on your own anymore. And that's because our friends at Conversion Fanatics have optimized hundreds of sites in all types of industries from small startups to Fortune 500s. And now they can handle all your testing and optimization for you too. So if you feel stuck when it comes to optimizing your website, go and visit conversionfanatics.com and they'll give you a list of custom suggestions to optimize your site 100% free. Once again, you can find them at conversionfanatics.com. Welcome back to the Digital Marketer Podcast. We're here with Tatiana on the lightning round. So once again, just to re-familiarize everyone with what we're doing here, I'm going to read off a series of questions. And Tatiana, I want you to try and answer them in 15 seconds or less. Thumbs up? 
All right, cool. Question number one, what's your favorite marketing book or resource? Look at my shelf. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for some reason, the one that came to mind was nonviolent communication. It is not a marketing book, but I think learning to communicate with people in a way that's in the way that makes them comfortable and that is honest and that communicates your feelings, I think is really important, like foundational skills for anything you're going to sell. I don't know why that's the one that came to mind, but yeah. I love that. I feel like more marketers could learn to communicate non-violently, <laughs> to, be, to be honest. All right. Question number two, what is the best piece of marketing advice you've ever received? Don't follow other people's playbooks. I think it's really, I think it's important not to be too strategic and not to follow things too much to the letter and like make, make space for your personality and everything. Sweet. Question three, what app do you find yourself using the most? Well, I, I use the the Zillow app a lot lately. (laughs) I do that too. It's been a long pandemic and I live in New York City and I've been dreaming about buying a farmhouse somewhere with lots of land. So that's what I look at. That's amazing. (laughs) I know like a few people who have started building in upstate New York. Oh, see, I'm I'm probably going to do this eventually. So I'm interested in this content. (laughs) I love that. I'm interested Um, in those communities. (laughs) I'm also a Zillow, like a Zillow looker. It's just fun to do. I'm like, what if I had $5 million? (laughs) Okay, question, I think, four. What social media platform do you enjoy the most? Twitter right now. I quit Instagram. Well, I didn't quit Instagram, but I don't have it on my phone anymore. So as a user, I I feel like I've had much better conversations on Twitter, and it's not as illuminating as I found Instagram. Yeah, bonus question. Who, Who do you like to follow on Twitter? So I don't like to follow, like, I think I was doing Twitter wrong at first and I was following like lots of big accounts. And now I just follow people who are into the same kind of stuff that I'm in. So community people and women entrepreneurs, people like that. I love people who I'm actually going to have a conversation with, not just people who are like preaching their, their gospel. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Question. What brand is doing the best job with their digital marketing right now? I want to say there's a new community platform, newish. It's called Orbit, Orbit Orbit.love. And a lot of their marketing is focused on having conversations with people. I mean, because my business is in community, of course, I can give a community answer. But I, they do a lot of, yeah, they highlight people within conversations. And Rosie Sherry is the, their head of community. So she both is using the product, but she's also bringing people together. So she's a great person to follow on Twitter. And to her, her leadership in how to think about community as a way to market, I think, has been really interesting. That's really cool. I'm going to be looking at them for... I pulled up the website while you were talking. <laughs> I love that their extension is dot love too. I know. Yeah. It's, that's a cute one. Last question. Where do you find inspiration for your business or your products or just ideas in general? You know, interesting to, to be honest, I find a lot of inspiration in nature during the, the pandemic. I spent a lot of the pandemic on my own and I live right by Prospect Park in Brooklyn. 
So I would go on really long walks and look at the birds and do a lot of like observing, looking at things. And I think because my work is around community and I really believe that connection is something that is in our DNA. And what I'm doing is not teaching people something they don't know, but really Mm. kind of getting them to tap into something that is natural and it exists within them already. I think those moments of me connecting to myself through being outside or doing things that are natural and in nature, I think has really inspired me in my business. I love that answer. Tatiana, this was so awesome. <laughs> I, I loved having this conversation with you. And before I let you go back into living your incredible community-focused life, I'd love to know where can people reach out to you, find out more about you, sign up for your newsletter, buy something, anything you want to share. Yeah, so I do, you can find everything about me on my website, which is tatfig.com, T-A-T-F-I-G.com. I write a weekly newsletter at the businessofcommunity.co. And I also have an online course that teaches you how to build a community business. So everything, the community experience, your business model, to sales and marketing. Beautiful. And yeah, that's it. Thank you so much for being here. This was awesome. And to you out there listening, it means so much to have a little bit of your day each week. And we'll see you same time, same place next week. Bye. Hey, DM listeners, if you're running a Black Friday or Cyber Monday special, listen up, because Digital Marketer just released our Canva holiday promo pack. It includes almost 200 templates that you can use to make the graphics for all your upcoming holiday specials and three unique design themes for each holiday. The promo pack is usually $27, but you can get it today for free. Check the show notes for the link to download, or you can go directly to digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates. That's digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates.